Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We had Monday Night Mayhem. It was double trouble in the doubleheader on Monday Night Football last night. Welcome in, everybody, to the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. You hear that laugh. It is none other than Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. Okay, Michael, both favorites get uh. upset. Yesterday, I come in with all the sunshine and rainbows about what a wonderful Sunday we put together. Um, all the sunshine and rainbows are gone. So what was the more egregious loss last night to you? Is it having a 14-point lead with less than three minutes to go and not only not covering but losing outright? Or is it a Packers team that seemed to have turned a corner completely regressing and losing to Tommy DeVito of all people? I don't mean any disrespect to the great Tommy DeVito, the, <laughs> the now who runs North Jersey, no longer Uncle Junior. Uh, I don't mean any disrespect, but to me – Joe Barry shouldn't really sleep very well because that was embarrassing. It was really embarrassing. The guy, you knew the game plan coming in. Quick throws, rhythm throws, got to get the ball out quick, got to keep him in the pocket, can't let him run around, right? He's, he's prone to be sacked, so we got to pressure him inside, don't let him get out. And yet they give up over 300 and some yards, fortunate enough that they're in the game, couldn't stop him in the red zone. I mean, it's embarrassing. I mean, listen, I had to listen to Big Daddy the entire night sending me texts about why this proves his point that Joe Barry doesn't belong as an NFL coach. Of course, LaFleur, too. But to me, I think that was the most egregious because there's so much to play for. There was so much there, and you're playing against an offense that can't move the ball. You're two for five in the red zone, and meanwhile, you let the team that has no offensive weaponry go three for three in the red zone. I mean, like, serious. And then you let them go down the field in the final drive of the game to beat you, and you know it? I, I, I don't get it. Eight plays, 57 yards for the game winner? I, I, I mean, to me, that, that is what drives me crazy. When you, when you give up 6.7 yards per play to the New York football giants <laughs> with a single-wing quarterback, because that's really what it was. It was the single wing. You're going to take away some of the quick throws, disguise the coverage, but the Packers looked, unfortunately, you must say, the Packers looked completely 
outclassed in terms of the X's and O's. Yeah, it came out flat from the jump. Packers had no business losing this football game, especially after the late Saquon fumble, yet here we are. 24-22 ends up being the final. Green Bay closed as a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in MetLife, so they were getting bet down despite like a number of public backers on Green Bay. I said it very plainly yesterday that I had the Packers in the contest yesterday, so I go from 3-0 and in the contest to now 3-2 and after the results in last night's Monday yeah. night game, so very frustrated waking up this morning, but what you said about Tommy DeVito, like he ran all over the place 71 yards on the ground uh, nearly perfect passing in the second half too you talk about those quick throws 10 of 11 110 yards and a touchdown the poise to lead that game-winning drive um, en route to the walk-off field goal and for a guy who took 15 sacks the last two weeks for the Packers not to drive him to the ground once Michael how does that happen I, I can't answer it like it drives me one of my pet peeves in football is it is that is to get to beat a good quarterback you must control the rush inside. You must control the rush inside. And you must be able to pressure the quarterback with your rush. It's choreographed. It's like a, uh, a dance line. You know, if the end on the right side goes inside, the end on the other side has to go high. It's choreographed. So you can close down the pocket and not let anybody to escape. When you run up the field without a care in the world, then you open up these lanes and let a bad quarterback step up and beat you. And unless you're in, in tune to the details, this is what happens. And so, you know, like, I don't understand it. Like, I would have been in a five-man line. I would, have I would have played a lot of different coverages in terms of man zone, zone blitzes. But I would have never let them try to run the ball on me. There's just no way. There's no way. They didn't create negative plays, which is what DeVito was famous for. I'm, I'm still just a little bit taken aback and a little stunned. So the Giants now have won three games in a row. T Tommy, oh, that's even more amazing. I, mean, <laughs> I know. Three in a row. They're on. A, I mean, people actually. Th they're five and eight. They're actually happy about. You know what this does for them? It makes everybody in New York. It makes everybody in the Giants so happy, Stormy, because now they're so far out of the quarterback race. They have to go back to Daniel Jones, which makes <laughs> them very happy. There'll be no pressure this offseason. This win assures them that they don't have to go after a quarterback now. There's no need to trade up. We've got Daniel. We'll get him back. We'll get a good player. We'll pick another guy, and we'll go forward. See, it's funny you put it that way, because I was saying nobody's happier than Daniel Jones, that the organization's not going to have that pressure. He's the one. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Although, maybe maybe DeVito's coming for his jo job. It's unbelievable how much the fan base and people in Jersey absolutely love this kid. He's getting tweeted by Rick Pitino. Hey, we've got courtside seats for you at St. John's. We need some of that energy. We need some of that luck. Like, everybody is obsessed with this kid. His agent is already a meme. He's doing the media round. <laughs> today all over the place like every show that they can get this guy on Sean what's his name Sean Stellato he's doing everything what was that outfit like is that legit is that what this guy wears on a day-to-day -day basis I can't even I'm not sure if as you being an Italian and me be <laughs> I don't know picture. if this That's is offensive great. to me or not like this look <laughs> I, I think it's a little off I mean he looks like he should be over at the mob museum we're trying too where hard. you are Huh? I said we're trying too hard over there. That's what's happening here. Trying too hard for the for the gimmick here. It, it's not good. It, but look, I mean, give the kid credit. Yeah. He's a competitor. He went in there. He didn't buckle to the scheme. He th he made some the throw in the end zone for a touchdown was a great throw. Look, I'm not trying to you know I'm not trying to discredit him. But what I'm trying to do is is discredit Joe Barry. Like everybody who's a Packer fan who's all over Barry, you have every reason to be. 
and LaFleur, too. I mean, you can't go in. You can't lose that game. Yeah. You can't. I, I mean, I get that Watson wasn't healthy, but you can't lose that game. You can't go in there and let them run the ball when you know they're going to run the ball. You can't. And uh, and to put it all together, we'll talk playoff picture with regards to this a little bit more later, but Packers are still technically in that seventh and final wild card spot. But there are seven different teams, including the Giants now, who are one win out of that spot. Seven teams who are six and seven or five and eight in the hunt. Packers have gone from minus 250 to make the playoffs to now plus 104. So we'll dive into that side of it a little bit later. Meanwhile, last night, the Dolphins just said one seed in the AFC. We don't want it. We don't need home yeah. field advantage. That's not for us. What happened in the last two minutes and 40 seconds last night? You know, I, I never saw that coming because I've been the biggest proponent of Miami's defense more than their offense. The problems they have on offense, I have recognized, I have talked about, I have taken a lot of abuse for where I think that this team is predicated on Tyreek Hill, not Tua. As I've said many a times, you know, Tua is not the MVP of the league, no matter how much you want to bet him. And I think we saw it last night. I mean, Tua is a good at quarterback when he's got the first read there and he can throw the ball short with accuracy or he can take a quick shot down the field to an elite receiver, a guy who tilts the field in Tyreek Hill. When Tyreek Hill came off that field, all of a sudden we saw Miami's warts show up. Bad offensive line, no physicality. Now you're going to say, well, they play with three backups. Okay, Armstead's hurt all the time. I don't know how you can count him as a starter. Lamb has played as many games as Armstead, right? They just signed Austin Jackson to a huge contract. Like, this is, a, this is who they are. They're not a good offensive line. McDaniels has done everything in his power to masquerade it. But when Hill walks off the field, he can't hide it anymore. Yeah. And it's an issue. And so, to me, but there's still no excuse for losing this game. I mean, this game is squarely on their defense. To let Levis go down the field – and make big plays, to me, it's embarrassing. And now I know they miss Phillips. I know he was one of their best rushers. You know, I, I know they didn't have Javon Holland back there in the secondary. I get that. But you can't, you can't let a team that has yet to score on the road. It's one thing they scored 28 at home, right, last week. I get that. All right, they scored 28 at home. But when you go back through it, they haven't scored any points all year. Right. I mean, the, the, when they went on the road, the most points they've scored on the road was 16 points. 16 is the most they've they were 0 and 6 on the road. Stormy, it's a bad road team because they have a bad offensive line. Bad lines don't travel. This should not have been a game. I mean, they turn the ball over on the one yard line. They're going to go in on a bad snap and then Hill gets hurt and their team kind of falls apart. I don't know how you can sit there and say that if this team has to travel north in the weather, that if they play against a physical team, can they match up? Now, Hill changes the game. I get that. I get that. But that was really disappointing by Miami's defense. Yeah, Dolphins lose for the first time at home. Titans win for the first time on the road. Uh, and credit R Will Levis, who rebounded from that thick pick six, more than made up for it, um, brought a lot of that fire and energy, did what he needed to do at the position. And we talk about finding ways to win for teams. It felt like Miami just found a way to lose in this game. And yeah. we were Both talking. Teams. Exactly. We were Both talking teams. before the, the show started. Um, up 14 points with less than three minutes to play. It's almost impossible to lose a game in regulation based on history. You have to go back to 1976 to find the last time that happened. Teams had won 767 consecutive games when in that position before last night, not the Dolphins. And it looked like for a moment, the Titans were just going to completely be in self-implode mode. The Dolphins were covering. They were covering, yeah. and yet they lose outright. It's just, just a remarkable way to lose.
It really I thought it was going to be when the game when when they made when they went up. Look, they think about think about how bad Miami's offense was last night against a defense that's missing, you know, some key components, specifically Jeffrey Simmons, right? I mean, they're missing Simmons, their best inside defensive player. And yet they give up seven points to Miami. That's all they gave up. I mean, you know, they got the pick six for the touchdown. They got the ball spotted at the inside the twelve yard line two times. Two times. You know, they didn't have Fuller, didn't have Wiley. I mean, they didn't have some other guys in there, and yet they were able to come out of there with a win. I mean, give them credit. I mean, you know, when 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 they were able to get the punt, when they dropped the punt and then Henry drops the snap or the, the pitch, you're thinking this is over. I'm thinking it's gonna be a pick six to end the game. Um, and uh RIP for anyone that had the Packers, like our guy Pauly oh, in Survivor, so bad one person had Miami, feel terrible. Uh, we are down now from over 9,000 entries to just 13 remaining with five more picks to go. Um, we got a lot more to discuss and go here on the Lombardi line. Stay with us. It's been a rough go for quarterbacks in the National Football League. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. College Bowl season is here, and VEASAN's got an early Christmas present for you. Not a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet? No problem. We're giving away this year's College Bowl betting guide to everybody. We have spreads, totals, and expert picks from the Golic, Steve Mackinnon, and Brent Musburger for every single bowl game. Put a bow on this bowl season and get a free copy of our VEASAN College Football Bowl Betting Guide absolutely free. 
How, how can you get it? VEASAN.com slash bowl guide. Again, that's VEASAN, V-S-I-N.com slash bowl guide. Get your free copy today. We'll talk uh, a little college football bowling later on in hour two when VEASAN's own Aaron Moore joins the program. Might even get a little college hoops from him as well. He's been dialed in. And at the end of this hour, Jason Fitz of Yahoo Sports, former longtime voice on the ESPN family of networks. He's going to join us in studio, which super excited about. Yeah. Um, I know I, he... I, I make an appearance on his podcast every week too on Thursday he, he and I sit down for a weekly chat so it'll be good to have him on he's a big Nashville guy musical guy yes. not a Springsteen fan by the way I don't know how he got on the show Stephanie he's not a Springsteen fan <laughs> can't have that but no he is one of the more like remarkable stories and journeys what he has done from a music standpoint to now make the transition to sports talk and all of the different things that he's done huge Jason Fitz fan and I know he was very very high on the Miami Dolphins yesterday so I'm I'm curious yeah. to see his reflections from last night's game, which again, before we had to hit the commercial break, talking about the circus survivor angle of that game, Michael, one person did have Miami, just a brutal loss when you're up 14 points and you think that, okay, we finally escaped this thing. The Titans imploded onto the next one. Nope, you're done. And then the seven people, including our own Polly Howard, hate it so much for him uh, that had Green Bay over the Giants yesterday. They are out. We are down to 13 people here in Circus Survivor. Millions of dollars on the line coming up over the next few weeks. You know, I think this is the time of the tournament or the the uh, the event that you might want to call all your mm-hmm. partners. You 13 people, we can make a lot of money here. Yep. You know, and... It's going to take all 13 to agree with us. But, you know, this is hard. This down the stretch is really hard. And, uh, you know, when you use logic to make these picks, uh, logic simply doesn't (laughs) prevail. It just doesn't. You almost have to be illogical and you have to take so many risks. I mean, I marvel that these 13 people that have gotten to where they've gotten to. I marvel at Paulie for getting where he did. I certainly couldn't do it. And, you know, and everybody else, it's easy to pick a winner every week. Is it really? Good luck. <laughs> Try doing it. Good luck. Uh, well, and this week was particularly difficult. Actually, eight underdogs won straight up in week 14. It was the most that we've seen in a single week all season long. And one of those winners, by the way, is still somebody from the VEASAN family. Adam Burke and his partner still alive. They were the one ticket on Cleveland over Jacksonville. They made the pick with the thought process Trevor Lawrence was not going to play. So thank goodness that defense picked him off three times and was able to get like Joe Flacco. Shout out Joe Flacco for the Burke clan being able to get through this weekend survivor. Flacco's keeping a lot of people's dreams alive. Let's be honest here. You know, (laughs) I mean, I just saw that the Patriots lost Malik Cunningham. who was on their practice squad to the Ravens. They took him off. I don't know why they did that in terms of where they see him fitting in terms of their team. Uh, He's not a returner. So, uh, you know, he would be third string quarterback at best. But anyway, they did that. Of course, he couldn't if he couldn't get on the if you can't get on the field at quarterback for New England. I don't know what team you can get on the field for. So that was somewhat surprising when they did that. But look, Flacco's not going anywhere. Flacco's, you know, he's content to ride the third week in a row of being on that activation program where he can come up and stay there because he's just, he knows that he's probably has a job next year too as the backup because 
him and Stefanski have such a great relationship and, and kind of a ke chemistry between the two of them offensively. And the Jets must just absolutely be kicking themselves that they, they let that guy go, let him go sit on the couch, and now he's winning games for another team that is in playoff contention where things sit right now. Now, Michael, uh, while we're on quarterbacks, big news of the day. Um, kind of expected, though, but now we got the official word. Justin Herbert getting shut down for the remainder of the season. He broke the index finger on his throwing hands. That needed surgery earlier today, so it looks like Easton Stick, who came in for the injured Herbert on Sunday against the Broncos, is expected to start Thursday night football this week here in Vegas and the remaining slate ahead. Yeah, I mean, there was no question that this was going to be the news we heard. I mean, how do you throw the ball with a bad, with, with a broken index finger on your right hand? And so, you know, this is now without Herbert, where do they go? Mm. What, what do, they don't have a running game to bank to kind of lean on. And they're going to have to do the Tommy DeVito program. Try to run the football a little bit. Try to throw short passes, which everybody knows will be coming. And try to get the ball in the playmakers. Run the single wing a little bit. They're going to have to sign a quarterback. Now, I think they have one on their practice squad. You know, they're going to have to bring one in that they feel comfortable that they could bring up. And so that's going to be another issue. You've got to train someone else. Right now, I don't see a quarterback on their practice squad. Right. I'm sure they'll find somebody. But – Look, that, that's a tough one, and it's going to expose even more problems that the Chargers have. Their offensive line, their inability to find playmakers. They may get Josh Palmer back. He was listed as completely healthy last week, and they chose not to activate him for that game. They were going to wait another week to make sure he was completely healthy. I think they could have used him against the Broncos. Well, and you think about all these teams in the AFC with, with quarterback issues, and for this team with Herbert to have been 5-8 and eight in, in the situation that they were in, it's just crazy that they weren't able to take advantage of the opportunities that were ahead of them this season. Now, I mean, if you're struggling with Justin Herbert without him, I feel like good luck the rest of the way. And now, if you are the Spanos family, I think this just further cements moving forward because uh, you got, what, Raiders this week, Bills, Broncos, Chiefs, not going to be an easy slate down the stretch here that you're going to close on a poor note likely you did not fire Brandon Staley after the ridiculous way that they lost in the playoffs last yeah. year and so now you're going to figure out what the coaching staff and what the future is going to hold moving forward in Los Angeles and, and and a lot of people feel it's an attractive job and we'll see you know I mean I think this is Carolina who has their eyes set on trying to find an offensive coach for Bryce Young, this job is going to trump any offensive coach that's out there if, in fact, they decide to make mm -hmm. the move. They've given Staley enough rope to hang himself. There's no question. He just has yet – I mean, look, there's teams that improved through the offseason, Dallas being one of them with their move. San Diego made a move. They didn't improve. I mean, he fired Joe, he fired Joe, uh, Joe Lombardi and, you know, said that the offense wasn't good enough, and it got worse. It really got worse with Kellen Moore. So – that's an issue, and now they're now it's going to come back for Staley. He's going to have to, you know, now he's going to have to pay the price for those moves. And this is a team that I, I, I just think they're a little bit to me they're overvalued in the market and the perception. They have a quarterback, they've got a couple great receivers, but the, to me the offensive line isn't physical enough. There's been no physicality to their team. Defensively, they couldn't stop the run. I, I think they're on the, they're they're kind of good on paper, but they're not good on the field.
I just think that the biggest letdown offensively was for this team bringing in offensive coordinator Kellen Moore and all of the talk about the way that this offense was going to light it up. And obviously, that's not been the case. So now, when it comes to Thursday night football, Easton Stick in there for Justin Herbert. The, I mean, the Chargers recently won a game 6 nothing with their quarterback playing, and the Raiders just <laughs> lost one that was a 3 nothing final. So, like, are we just yeah. saying hammer the under, even though it's indoors, but a total of 33 and a half? What are we thinking as we get well, approach as we approach? excuse me, Thursday Night Football. I don't know what we're thinking. I mean, look. It, it, <laughs> what a mess. It, Aiden that's what I wrote about today. Nobody knows anything. I mean, like, well, how do you <laughs> think about these games? Like, you know, if you told me that Miami was going to lose at home with 14-point lead with three under under four minutes to go, I was like, come on. You know, I mean, I, you, you sit there. And, and look, let me say this to you on the Miami game. I, I, I handicapped that wrong because with Miami only scoring seven points, I thought they would have a hard time the Titans would have a hard time stopping them. So to me, the handicap was wrong and the result ended up that way, which was probably the right thing. But this game here, Aiden O'Connell went down to Los Angeles in his first start and, and held the ball and got sacked a bunch of times. But remember, in that game, the Raiders are throwing the ball in the end zone and it got picked off late in the game and they run sprint right option and he, and he threw it to, I think it was to Samuel for the interception. So, I mean, these two teams are, have played. It's been a closer game. The Raiders were better offensively then than they are now. They haven't been able to really get anything going since the first game, since the you know since the firing of Josh McDaniels. It's been a struggle offensively. I, I, I suspect, I don't know if Devontae, we're going to start to hear that he's going to be unhappy because he hasn't gotten the ball or gotten it in the end zone. Yeah, he was one of the guys that was – at least from what we had heard, excited about Aiden O'Connell stepping in and excited about the change of regime because maybe that was going to get him involved more. He's obviously their top offensive weapon, but we have not seen that nearly to the extent we thought we would. So just seeing the Raiders as a three-point favorite is fascinating to me given their yeah. their struggles. I mean, you watch that game. I watch that game. I have a vested interest in it. But if I were Antonio Pierce, like, why didn't you go to Garoppolo in that game? Like, when did Aiden O'Connell become the man? Like, when did he become, we're not benching him? Like, at what point during that game did, didn't you feel like, okay, I need to make a change? I'll go back to O'Connell next week, but, like, you could have won the game if you put Garoppolo in there. That's, that's a really, really good point, especially with it being such a low-scoring game. Like, it's the lowest-scoring indoor game in NFL history. Michael, give yourself a shot. Give yourself an opportunity to have a little Watch bit of a spark. Game. Yes. Watch the game. To me, this is what drives me. Nobody's watching the game. They're just playing it based on the everybody's heads buried in their sheets. Sometimes that's all it takes. We got so much more still to come. We're just getting started on the Lombardi line. We'll be right back. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can check on the top VEASAN experts leaderboard as well to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for just $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe. And to wrap up some of our conversation um, about the Raiders real quickly, Michael, you will be pleased to know, perhaps, that Antonio Pierce did not commit to starting the rookie Aiden O'Connell this week. I have not seen confirmation on that just yet. He said, we're going through that process now. We'll see how the week goes. 
Well, I mean, look, you know, he's he's auditioning, right? So, uh, look, I know I am knee deep into the Kennedy assassination and conspiracy seemed to ring true, but there had to be a reason that, that the thought didn't cross his mind. I mean, at halftime or in at, at any point in the game or when Kevin O'Connell made his move, like all you were sitting there, I'm watching the game from my couch and saying, like, why won't he play Garoppolo? Did somebody tell him not to play Garoppolo? Is Garoppolo the fall guy for McDaniels too? Is he getting blamed? Like, I don't understand it. If the goal is to keep your job and to win, why didn't that thought cross your mind? Garoppolo had gone out there. Now, he could have thrown two picks. Don't get me wrong. Okay. okay? But we, one thing we do know about Garoppolo, he, has a, he can win games. He's won a lot of games in San Francisco. You know, and, and I think that that was probably the biggest fear that Brian Flores had in the game was if they put Garoppolo in, we're not going to get away with some of the stuff we're trying to do here. Yeah, I don't think with Aiden O'Connell, it, it's a situation where he's earned enough stock in the franchise where he's like the the go-to guy we need to see what we have in him. Like, you, you've got the opportunity to see what you have in him, but when you have an opportunity to win a game and this guy's not doing it for you and he's had four quarters to do something or like to your point, even if it was at halftime, just try to do something to flip a switch, but it was still scoreless going into the fourth quarter. Like there was opportunity to see if you could just shake things up and get a little bit of late momentum. I don't know if he was worried that that was going to force his hand to maybe start Garoppolo the next week. Although it looks like he's going through that decision-making process now, regardless. So um, I I think that's a line worth watching. Because what, what you just told everybody there is important because if it does go to Garoppolo, it does give the Raiders a significance. They are playing good defense. I mean, let's be clear yeah. here. You know, the Raiders have played even against the, you know, I know they gave up 31 to the to the Chiefs, but they were they made the Chiefs work for it. They really did. And they're playing well. They're getting pressure up front. I don't think Crosby's even 100% healthy and they're doing a nice job there. You know, Minnesota struggled. They ran the ball effectively, but they really couldn't make a lot of plays. So, it would give them a chance to win a game. And if your goal is to keep the job, wouldn't you want to do that? Like It just blew me away on Sunday. I kept saying, why? Uh, you know, and the only thing I could think of, well, somebody said we have to go. Uh, O'Connell's been living off of the preseason. Like, yeah, he was good this preseason. Yes, he was. There's no question. But preseason's a long time away. You know, and you can't live on that anymore. So was Dorian Robinson, Dorian Thompson <laughs> that, Robinson. He was good. Michael, you know? that was going to be my exact follow up was, yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson had a really good, good preseason too. How did, how did that pan out? Um, also coming out of that Raiders Vikings game, by the way, Justin Jefferson had to be hospitalized. We all know by now dealing with a chest injury. It appears he has avoided significant injury and could play against the Bengals, according to Kevin O'Connell, but still an injury that we'll have to monitor. Really unfortunate. His first opportunity back. Also, yeah. We we welcomed Patrick Mahomes into the office yesterday, Michael, and it appears that he might have taken some of your advice to heart. Um, after the postgame reaction and commentary, everything that happened had about 24 hours to simmer, to cool down, and he spoke to 610 Sports Radio about how he has some regrets about how he acted. Take a listen. You know, obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I, I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but, uh, obviously can't, can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so I probably regret acting like that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards, uh, Josh after the game, cause he had nothing, nothing to do with it. And, um, so I, I was, uh, I, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example 
on uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that that I was more upset about that than I was on, about me on the sideline. What'd you think? Yeah, I think it's sincere. You know, we we uh, talking to a guy named Pat Lintoni who's written many books. Yesterday, interviewed him for the Daily Coach and. He kind of predicted this would happen, knowing the character of Mahomes, that he would walk it back. Because I think he realized that, you know, he looked bad with what he was saying. The kid was clearly offsides. I mean, and there were other plays you could have made. You had three more chances to get 15 yards when this offense usually can get 15 yards in one play at times. So I think it's the right thing to do. And I think he's sincere what he says. I think he's witnessed it. And I, and I like the fact that he brought up the Josh Allen thing. Cause what, what did he expect Josh to say? Yeah, yeah. We're, I, I'm happy you lost. You, you, they, I'm, I mean, I'm upset they made the call. I mean, come on, Josh is at. Let me say this to you: If you'd have given Josh truth, truth serum before the fourth down play, he would have thought we're losing or at least going to overtime. Yeah, because how many times has he seen the Kansas City Chiefs get too much time on the clock and go do some damage? Um, but again, like to your point, had three extra plays. The Chiefs weren't able to do anything with it. And I, I like that from Patrick Mahomes, the leader. You mentioned the character, the person that he is, taking the ownership and accountability that we're used to seeing him take. And so I I, I appreciated the sentiment. It does seem genuine. Um, he is somebody, though, that because this season is not played out the way that we're used to seeing despite being the defending MVP does not look like he's in position to repeat. And this market is starting yeah. to separate itself a little bit here. Dak Prescott is officially your, your favorite right now. Plus 150. He leapfrogged Brock Purdy <laughs> after the big dominant win over the Eagles this past weekend. But I said to you yesterday, I found that interesting. If, for no other reason than the fact that Brock Purdy was the favorite going into the weekend, and they too had a dominant win this past week. He had over 360 yeah. yards and a few touchdowns himself. I mean, the the guy can't get any respect. I mean, it's horrible. He can't get any. Look, I'll say this now. You know, Tua gets all the love. Who would you rather have, Brock Purdy or Tua? I'll wait for your answer. I mean, you know, like seriously. I mean, I'm a 49ers you know, fan, Michael. So I know you it's, are. I was but say, I'm it's just not saying, even fair I mean, to ask kid, me that question, if, but yes. If you just take away where they were picked and the and the fanfare and the media hype, who's the better player? Who can drive the ball down the field? Who can make plays? I mean, look, oh, you know, you know, Purdy's got Purdy's got all these receivers. Well, what about Tua last night when he didn't have Tyreek Hill? I mean, think mm -hmm. about that. I, I I don't understand why this guy keeps getting get disrespected. I don't get it. Like, I'll admit when, you know, he's a seventh rounder, but he's good. It's like DeVito. DeVito, if he continues, I don't think, if he plays better in the passing game, yeah, you know, we'll sit there and say, hey, we were wrong. Yeah, he was better at, you know, he's been a better player than we thought he would be. But there's nothing there's nothing wrong with admitting that. I don't know why. I think Lamar is certainly an option here at 475. I mean, you got to take a look at that. I don't know about Hurts because that eagle offense, you go back and watch it on tape. It's not good, Stormy. The, and, and here's the thing about the Eagles' offense. you got to get ahead of them. they got to play from in front like they did last year. When they have to go to a drop-back pass game and they've got to read it out and they can't go play action and run the ball, it's a little bit of a different game. And so, to me, I think Lamar at 475 with now his sights set on being the number one seed with Miami's burp that they had last night, it's a pretty good play right there. They, I, I think a lot of stuff is going to come down to, like, 
team success down the stretch here, right? And that game on Christmas head-to-head against the San Francisco 49ers could be an impact moment for either Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson, depending on how things shake out. I was surprised that you didn't bring Tyreek Hill into this conversation, especially because of, I know you tweeted about it, the, the comments that you made off the top of the show about how he clearly, because of what he does for Tua in that offense, like a lot of people thought that his odds would take a shot, and they did to an extent from 12-1 to 1 to 16-1, to 1, but he's now a shorter shot than Tua because you see what that offense is without him. He puts the valuable in most valuable player. No, I think, so. if anything, this makes his his like quest for MVP a little bit stronger if I mean, he's healthy he the rest the, of the way. I agree, and he's not going to be. He already said that, look, the ankle, he has a hard time cutting off of it. You could see it last night, you know. but he's still a weapon. I mean, when he's not on the field, your call sheet as a defensive coordinator is completely different than when he is on the field. You know, and, and you can affect the quarterback way more when he's off the field. You can attack Tua. You can get out. I mean, Tua got sacked five times last night. Got sacked five times last night. And remember, he had gone through most of the – he wasn't getting hit at all. But when Hill walks off the field or Hill isn't the same guy on the field, you're going to go after the quarterback a little bit, and it's going to expose this offensive line. You know, and, and their run game – I think people have caught up to what they want to do in the run game with that wide outside zone, how they handle it, and what they're trying to get accomplished. But when you take Hill off the field, completely different ball game. And we do still need to get more information about this ankle. My hope is that it's like a Trevor Lawrence ankle, like the one that hurts really bad in the immediacy of it. And then as the week goes on, he's like, you know what? Actually, actually, I'm okay. Like it's maybe it's not that true ankle. Maybe, maybe. I think he got it. He must have gotten ejected last night because he said he couldn't really cut. Yeah. And usually when you have a high ankle, you can try to go out there with an injection, but you have no ability with lateral quickness. Yeah. And that's the issue. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't think it was just his wife's text as motivation. I think that there was probably <laughs> something else to that as well. We'll discuss this a little bit more on the other side of the break. Jason Fitz is going to join us. Break it all down. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N, DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Back here on the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. Excited to welcome into the show Jason Fitz doing great stuff with Yahoo Sports. Of course, Fox Sports Radio as well. You were on Prime Primetime yesterday with Tim Murray. Yeah, hanging out. He's tall. He's very tall. He's very That's tall. the takeaway. Tim is a very tall individual. I'm, I'm normal heighted. Tim, is that a phrase? I don't know. But Tim is very tall. Yes, uh, I can relate to that because he's all torso. And I was just telling you in the commercial break, I'm all legs. So, like, I am pretty tall, but next to him... I, I got nothing here. Meanwhile, Michael, on the other side, you actually come on Jason's show pretty regularly. Yeah, I do once a week. Jason and I, we kick it around a little bit. We try to solve all the world's problems, talk a mm-hmm. little bit about the NFL. And I love to know what is a Dolphin. F- no, you're a Raider fan, though, right? Yeah, I thought yeah. somebody said you were a Dolphin no. fan. So he's a Raiders fan, but he was very high on the Miami Dolphins yesterday. So yes. how are you oh, feeling okay. today? Okay, well, a couple of things. Number one. I think it, we what we saw was a statement to the impact that Tyreek Hill has in the game, right? So if you really think about what we saw from that offense, I mean, he had six targets, four catches on 33 snaps, right? The offense looks completely different when Tyreek's not in there. And the other part of it is I think the trust issues are still there for the Dolphins. As good as they are, they've got to find a way to close out these games. As, as good as their running backs are, I was a little disappointed in the way they managed the end of that game. So, yeah, I got a lot of crow to eat today because I thought that the uh, Dolphins would win substantially and I thought Tyreek would be huge in that game I predicted 200 yards uh, because I thought that he'd make that kind of statement I will at least give myself a little like again six six targets four catches on only 33 snaps game looks much different if Tyreek is in there I I agree completely I think to me when he went out in the first quarter maybe early second I thought that this is not going to happen I mean Chris Russo took him in the Miami took them in our contest together and I was like okay I don't think this is going to cover so but, you know, they eventually got gifts. I mean, t- Tennessee gave them a bunch of gifts. My question I want to ask you, being a Raider fan, Stormy and I have been kicking this around a little bit. At what point did you think watching that Raider game against Minnesota and we were as all those punts were going back and <laughs> forth, what point, at what point did you think, aren't you going to put Garoppolo in the game? I think that was apparent in the second quarter, honestly. And what's interesting about this is I understand, and I heard after the game, Antonio Pierce said, you know, that we understand there'll be ups and downs. I think you have to do that with a measured approach, though, if, especially if you're trying to prove that you deserve the head coaching job. You've got to be aggressive when you need to be aggressive. I thought that that was a real statement to Antonio Pierce being a little overwhelmed. There's been a few times as an interim coach, he's looked like he was swimming a little bit to me, Michael, and that was one of them. Garoppolo would have given them a fighting chance. And if you look at the end of that game, and I know people have said, well, we've seen Garoppolo on the field. Great. We also saw Aiden O'Connell. He's processing too slowly. He's not getting through the reads quick enough. And it doesn't feel like there's a lot of command of the offense right now. One team made a change, and it was enough to get points. The other didn't. It was enough to cost them the game. I, I, I thought that was a huge consequence. And, and at this point, I have a hard time finding a way that Antonio Pierce keeps that job. Well, and now as you move forward, they're getting set for a Thursday night football game against the Chargers, which is an opportunity without Justin Herbert out there on the field. Like, what's your expectation for Thursday night as they're in the favorites role yet again, coming off of a 3 nothing loss, which is still just like 
mind-boggling. I, I, when I look at Thursday night, I mean, I think it's going to make that Vikings game look pretty, which is uh, <laughs> interesting to stay, say. But there is a prove-it moment for Aiden O'Connell. I know I was just tough on him, but remember, his first start was against this Chargers team, and uh, he held the ball way too long. Khalil Mack went absolutely off on that game. Uh, in my mind, there's a chance for Aiden O'Connell to show what he can do the second time he faces a team. I think there's a substantial growth opportunity for him there, but the Raiders are in a tricky situation that we all know at this point that becomes interesting for a lot of teams. If you look at the standings right now, I believe they'd have the sixth pick in the in the draft. The benefit to the Raiders now is just, just to lose football games. That doesn't benefit the guys in the locker room, the guys on the sidelines, the coaches that are trying to win jobs, essentially. But for the organization, right now, the best thing you could do is, is just continue to lose and try and find a better quarterback situation moving forward. I think we saw what the eight upsets, the, the eight dogs winning. I think you have a hard time convincing coaches to lose. I mean, look at Lovey Smith last year, right? You know, last week he should have lost. I mean, think about it. Antonio Pierce is fighting for his job. He's not going to lose. The Giants, you know, they go ahead and win a game and everybody's excited. But, you know, now they've moved perhaps out of the range to get a quarterback. And so I, I think we all see that as an advantage. But to live in the locker room, it's so damn hard for them to do it. How disappointing were you in Green Bay last night? Like, to me, just when they had me in, in there, they convinced that they were going to turn the corner. They lay this enormous egg defensively and offensively. Yeah, I think that the, the, the fact that it seemed like the moment was a little too big for them really stunned me. And one of the things that we have to do is sort of say, yeah, but the other side, the fact that the Giants didn't look overwhelmed. I mean, the Giants have a quarterback that none of us thought would even be in the league at this point, right? And yeah. he's out there playing well in Monday Night Football. So one of our conversations last night leading into the game is young weapons, young quarterback. Would Monday Night Football be too big for them? I just don't buy that excuse when you're taking on somebody on the other sideline that is still living at home having his mom do yeah. his laundry. So, like, I, I, I don't think you can make a viable excuse for why that game looked as poor as it did. And really, I was stunned to see that the Packers had no rhythm at all in the game. Just started out flat. And from a Jordan Love perspective, the all of the things that it looked like he was progressing in, the accuracy, the on-time throws, like, gone out the door just blatantly missing wide open guys really really frustrating because same thing that Michael said I fully believed that the Packers had turned the corner I didn't think that that number yesterday was super inflated because I didn't believe in the Giants and I didn't believe in Tommy DeVito and now here they are reeling off three straight wins they're five and eight these these bad teams don't know how to tank for good quarterbacks they just don't know how to figure it out <laughs> but no, I do think don't. Michael makes a really good point and one thing we have to remember and Michael you know this better than anybody having been in organizations some guys guys know how to get a locker room together. And as much mm -hmm. as we talk about DeVito and what he is or isn't as a quarterback, He's galvanizing. They're, they're fighting for him. They're playing for yep. They are playing for their quarterback and for each other. And you can feel that palpably on the sidelines. That's, that's part of why you're right, Michael, the tanking is impossible. But it just felt like one side is just galvanized together for their quarterback. That, that, we don't talk enough about that. And I think there's a shelf life to this, though. Right, Fitz? I mean, like we saw it with Joshua Dobbs. They were fighting and playing for him, but at some point you got to meet him halfway, right? And that's what was disappointing. I thought Joe Barry would have come in there with a game plan. We know what DeVito's going to do. Once they declared what they were going to try to do, quick throws, all this, you had to have an answer for it, and there was no answer. You know, to, to allow the Giants to run for 200 yards against you and to allow DeVito to have 71 is 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 really coaching malpractice. It's it's, some, it's one of those games where you lose your job over because the players lose confidence in the coach when they don't have answers. Michael, you know I love food. 
Everybody knows I love food. I eat a lot. I was a fat kid growing up. Uh, but I look at coaching sometimes like if you ever watch Chopped, you open up a basket of ingredients, and it's your job to make the best dish out of the basket that you can, right? What happened last night is the, the Packers came in with the weakness. The Giants came in with a game plan, and the Packers had no adjustment. I feel like the Giants exactly. did a better uh, job last night of opening the basket of ingredients and saying, here's how we win. And the stunning part to me is that the Packers, who have a, a very well-regarded coaching staff, didn't have a counter to that at any point. They didn't. I didn't feel like the, the Packers walked in. They realized they had an ingredient that was going to be tough. How do you stop the run? And they didn't have an answer for that as coaches. From day one, from day one. And if you're the, if they're fortunate, they don't have an owner because, you know, if they had an owner to have to, there would have been a lot of upset or even the general manager who has the authority, you know, the, the Packers are run by Murph, Mark Murphy, and he's the president of the team. He's going to retire. So, you know, there's really no one to answer for the, for the, for the sins of that game last night, which was inexcusable. You beat the Chiefs. You hold the Chiefs to 19 points, and you can't shut down Tommy DeVito? Come on now, please. <laughs> are, are the Packers a playoff team, Jason? Uh, yesterday, I thought they were. Today, I don't know. And I think this, this feels like the loss that at the end of the year, they'll look back and say, man, how did we let it get away? I'll say no. I'll say no. Michael, how about you? What say you? I say no, too. I, I think, to me, you, you know, you can't trust them. And the accuracy issues outside with love were really obvious last night. Currently in that seven spot, but you look at the graphic there, all of those teams bundled up at, at six and seven in the hunt. They do have the tiebreaker over the Rams to have that spot right now, but a, a tough go ahead to try to punch their ticket into the postseason. What, what else do you have going on today? What you doing? Uh, well, I'm hanging out again with Tim tonight, so Love we'll it. be back and. uh uh, I'll have plenty of crow to eat because I was wrong about both games. Uh, I will, I Same. will stand on that. Same. I was wrong about both. It happens, right? Like you know, that's just sort of the the beast of the NFL. That's what's made this season incredible for all of us to watch, but also incredibly frustrating for all of us to play, right? Like there's just there's not a lot of money to be made when when there's wild upsets every single week. My Michael, what was the title of your article today? It was from episode 11 of The Sopranos, season one. Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows <laughs> you know, anything. And that's really, that the, that's really what I wrote about is nobody knows anything. I mean, all these, you put the pencil in, all oh, the Steelers going to win two here. Oh, Green Bay wins this one here. No, forget about it. Because <laughs> A, no one's tanking and no one knows anything. So good. The NFL is weird. Jason Fitz, everybody, check him out. Yahoo Sports as well as Fox Sports Radio. And tonight on Beeson Primetime right here with Tim Murray. We're going to take a quick timeout. More Lombardi line coming at you. After a quick break. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.